Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of The Brief. Not just any edition of The Brief. Our 100th episode. How? I don't even know how that math works out, Carrie. Carrie Alavell is my co-host. I'm Marcos Molitsis. This is our weekly show about politics. And uh, I still don't understand how we have done 199 of these, and then we're about to do 100. Seems surreal. There's still, like there's still people who listen to us. Can you believe it? <laughs> We get out here every other every week, and we're like, okay, five minutes before the show, we're like, what are we going to talk about? I mean, you know, so, sometimes we have guests that are a little bit more planned, but but there's a lot of shoot from the hip, and people still listen to us. I mean, you know, whatever. The, hey, and you know, not only is it our hundredth episode, but the topic could not be more appropriate <laughs> and more fun <laughs> to talk about. Donald Trump was indicted. And we had said that the first episode of every month was going to focus on Ukraine. I think you'll forgive us this month if we sort of push that off to one of the next couple of weeks or maybe even next month, depending on how the Donald Trump stuff shakes out, because this is big, big news. It has massive ramifications towards the Republican nomination contest and next year's election. So I Obviously, we're going to be we're going to be pretty focused on this for the time being, if you all don't mind. And I don't think you do. And so, yes, Carrie, for, uh, you heard, for, right? Wait, wait. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Trump was <laughs> indicted. OK, let me just say in all seriousness, Marcos, what a good get it was to get Trump indicted for the 100th anniversary. <laughs> I didn't think it could happen. We didn't think so, but it came through right at the last moment. So what can we say? Okay. So I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. What was your what were you getting? No, at? I mean, because remember the jury had had supposedly they had they had um they had uh, adjourned for the whole month and they weren't gonna meet again till um where are we now? We're in April, not till May. And so we, we thought, oh, there's no indictment. And it had sort of shades of the Mueller investigation, right? We all expected it. Or, no, it was, it was Fitzmiss, right? Remember with uh, yeah. Fitzpatrick, right? Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Fitzpatrick. But, but, but you know who else was kind of thinking, oh, the, the indictment might, might not be coming like at all? You know who else was thinking that? Tell me. Donald Trump. Oh, Donald delicious. Trump and his lawyers. They, they, <laughs> They apparently, I mean, the reportedly, like this is in the Washington Post that they were starting to like get used to this idea that it was being pushed back and maybe the indictment wasn't coming up, uh, coming at all. And apparently they were caught off guard by it, which is just kind of delicious, I, isn't it? They are. Oh, my God. It's so, so good. And and even Donald Trump on, on his truth social post said about his newfound respect for the grand jury, because clearly they were not being a rubber stamp. For Alvin Bragg, the the uh, Manhattan DA, um, and so well, like they weren't a rubber stamp. They considered the information, and I think it's very important to note that as we as we record this, we don't know what the charges are. Probably by the time you hear this, um, Trump is going to be turning himself in uh, at some point on Tuesday, I believe. And at that point, they will unseal the charges. But as we talk about this, we don't know the charges. So when we talk about what we're going to talk about now, Republican recording on we're we're pre-recording on Monday, which is like because this was such an emergency, we had to get it out. So anyway, we're we're recording a little bit earlier than usual. And the so as we write this, just keep in mind that the whole Republican establishment, with very few exceptions, has rallied around Trump, not even knowing what the charges are. It's mind blowing. 
There's no uh, no sense of let's let's wait and see what it's all about. Yeah, and and supposedly there's I mean, we don't know yet for sure, but there is some reporting that suggests that it's it's north of 30 um 30 counts. So, you know, um, that no. that would <laughs> Right. That I mean, that would suggest we don't even know what, but that would suggest that something that would suggest something more than just the Stormy Daniels payment. Right. Um, That would suggest that maybe there's something involving Karen McDougal, um, who was the other uh, person that they paid off to to keep quiet. So I believe. Yeah. yeah, Playboy Bunny. I I don't know. She she was another person who was paid off to keep quiet and, um, you know, and in. Uh, implicated in this catch and kill scheme that uh, he had with what David Pecker or whatever, the, the guy who is the um, uh, publisher of national choir. So, yeah. So, so, I mean, I'm just saying, I don't know exactly what it is. I probably shouldn't be like, you know, guessing. I'm not really guessing. What I'm saying is it is likely broader than just the stormy Daniels payment. If if there's going to be thirty plus indictments on or thirty yeah on oh, this thirty plus yeah. counts so yeah. yeah and that's that's ostensibly what we think this is about there are, there are five investigations major investigations right now of Donald Trump this one is about the payments to Stormy Daniels uh, to keep her quiet there's the like you said catch and kill which means that that the National Enquirer bought the story from uh, McDougal. And then they didn't run the story, but they had rights right. to it. So nobody else could run the story. And uh, and uh, then there's also investigations on Trump uh, stealing secret documents. And there's <laughs> he implicated that himself over that. Hilariously, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. Um, and uh, and even on, you know, Trump's lawyer, I'm sure you saw this last weekend when on one of the Sunday t- morning talk shows, and was saying that it wasn't Trump company money that he used to pay off Stormy Daniels. It was his own money. And I think it was Chuck Todd who was like, well, no, it was it was Trump c- company money. And he said, oh, it's the same thing. It's Trump money. That is hilarious <laughs> because that's called piercing the corporate veil. Like you can actually the corporation, the, the legal construct of a corporation shields the individuals behind it. So say you can sue a company, you can't go after the CEO of the company or the founder of the company. You have to go after the corporation itself. By saying there's no difference between Trump money and Trump co-money, he just essentially pierced that veil. So if there is a financial payoff or it, it's all pierced now. And not just in this case, in every single case, including you know some civil cases that are pending against Trump. So again, he doesn't... He doesn't hire the best and the brightest because none of them will work for somebody who doesn't pay and doesn't listen to them and goes on Sean Hannity and implicates himself, as we'll hear in a few uh, in a few minutes. Yeah. And- d- hey, listen, don't go anywhere because we got we got a great clip for you coming up down the road. So just stick with us. So what's amazing, though, is that Republican Party, of course, has rallied around their favorite criminal enterprise. Yeah. Can't quit I mean, it's like it's amazing, but still not shocking because this is today's Republican Party. I mean, I interviewed look, I interviewed uh, Sarah Longwell, the we, who we've had on here, who's, you know, an anti-Trumper uh, publisher of the Bulwark and and uh, and uh, uh, coast or, or host the, the podcast, the podcast, the focus group. Right. And 
She told me when I interviewed her a couple of weeks ago, she was like, listen, they're all going to rally around Trump. Whereas in a normal party, right, anyone, any one of Trump's rivals would say, oh, great. My rival's been indicted. I'm going to go out and say, you know, clearly he's unfit for office. He shouldn't be running, blah, blah, blah. Um, they're they're not going to do that. And of course, they're going to rally around him because the base will demand it. I mean, I'm kind of paraphrasing what she said. Um, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, you saw Ron DeSantis dip his little toe in the water of saying, well, I don't know what's involved with, you know, pay, hush money payments to a porn star. I mean, which he repeated a couple of times. He got completely blasted for that, you know, by uh, people like Steve Bannon and, you know, my pillow guy, Mike Lindell. And, you know, and then, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, Trump uh, base uh, voters, as well as, you know, people like um, I think Candace Owens and, you know, like that the, they were the, like the, well, deplorable. You know, the basket yeah. of deplorables. Right. We always knew that we, you know, DeSantis is a good guy, but we always knew that he wasn't the real deal, you know, that type of thing. And then you see the indictment actually comes down. And DeSantis is all, this is un-American and, you know, this is a Soros-backed prosecutor, which is something he had said before, but, you know, total, you know, anti-Semitic dog whistle, right? Um, And... And then, uh, you know, but everybody else was did that, too. I mean, you know, Nikki Haley, who at this point, in terms of the people who have announced, um, Nikki Haley is kind of like the so the the sort of establishment pro Trumpy candidate. Right. I don't I don't dislike Trump. He's been great for our party. But, you know, I'm going to say that we should back Ukraine against Russia. Like that's the type of candidacy she's running. Right. And even she came out and said, Hey, this is, you know, this is uh, um, this is a political prosecution, quote unquote. That was like an actual thing she said. And she was all, you know, all this is a Manhattan, you know, D.A., a, a lefty. Um, it's a political mm-hmm. prosecution. And, you know, Mike, that's essentially what Mike Pence was saying. Um, so basically the whole field up until Sunday, um, the whole field was saying that. And then. Asa Hutchinson, former governor of Arkansas, who now has the pleasure of having Sarah Huckabee Sanders as their governor. You know, she's young. Right. Um, And she wants the young to work, which is why she just uh, she just took a hatchet to the child labor laws there. Anyway, um, so I I digress. Um, Asa Hutchinson is the former uh, Republican governor of Arkansas, just left recently, and he um, he came out and announced that he, he he didn't it wasn't like his formal announcement, but he basically went on ABC's this week and said, I'm going to run. And he had last week actually said and he's a former U.S. attorney, so he knows something about these things, actually said, listen, uh, you know, obviously there was a fact pattern here that a grand jury in New York found convincing to indict Donald Trump. And we should wait until we see what the actual charges are. Crazy. Um, to, yeah, to, right. To judge them. Cra- the crazy talk. And um, and so he it, when he announced, he also said, I think uh, uh, Trump should drop out because, um, you know, the American people don't need this type of distraction in the race for president. And so he's the lone he like. I've been waiting for who's going to be this person, right? Was Mike Pence, who was sort of supposedly kind of feeling his oats a little bit on separation from Trump, going to do it? 
was Nikki Haley going to have the guts to do it? I didn't really think so. Um, but would someone like Larry Hogan enter and do it? Would, uh, you know, Maryland governor, um, would someone like Chris Sununu from New Hampshire do it, uh, governor there? No one had sort of demonstrated this. Larry Hogan said, I'm not even getting in the race. Chris Sununu's obviously flirting with it, seems to be like he might do it, but like hasn't taken a strong t- uh, uh, stands against Trump and is actually, you know, sort of backpedaled on that. So Asa Hutchinson is this lone um, character, this lone Republican candidate for president who's doing this. And I'll just say, he probably doesn't have a chance in hell of winning, right? He's not going to no. find enough votes um, without some of the MAGA base, but he is going to sort of completely render ridiculous people like um, Nikki Haley, who's trying to who's trying to ostensibly say, I'm not crazy, but I'm still pro Trump. Okay, those two things are not compatible. And that is what uh, someone like Asa Hutchinson having at least at least a foot in in reality and being willing to say it out loud is going to reveal he's going to make it very difficult. He's going to blow that path uh, that Nikki's trying to walk to smithereens. So, um, Carrie, so, how yeah. how do you run in a Republican primary as a pro-Trump Republican against Donald Trump? How does that even make sense? Well, you can, you can run against, I mean, that's essentially what, DeSantis is doing, except DeSantis is Trump mini me. Right. And what we are finding is there's no Trump light that's Trumpy enough. Right. Because we are seeing just support deflate. You have the real deal. Why would. Right. Yeah. Why would you go with anybody? If you're pro Trump, you're going to support Trump. I mean, right. They haven't given anybody a reason. And there could have been a reason. Right. The reason could have been Trump has lost those three elections. We love what Trump stands for. But he might not be the best messenger, but the things he believes in, I will carry that forth. Now, of course, Trump doesn't believe in anything. So there's really no ideology to cling to and, 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 and wear that as a mantle. Trump is Trump. He's the person. And we're even seeing this with the anti-DeSantis stuff that he's been run, that Trump has been running that has been hitting DeSantis on Social Security. Right. They actually had right. They had a, they, um, uh, there was a really good ad recently. I can't Very remember right. who sponsored. A what? Democrat could have ran that ad. Yeah, Democrat could have ran that ad. Who ran it? Do you know? Was it, it a was, Trump it was, Super it, PAC? No, it was Trump Super PAC. Yeah, it was Trump Super PAC, right? Yeah. And it was like it was all it did was talk about DeSantis's vote when he was a congressman um, to to raise the age for Social Security to um, to you know, to basically to, to slash social security, to, to like Which totally ruin every single Republican people. voted for that. Every single right. Republican. But now, but, but now he's been trying, you know, DeSantis has backtracked on that since he wanted to run for president and Trump has had signaled that he was going to hit him on it. So DeSantis has been sort of, you know, has said, Oh no, we don't, we don't want to cut social security. So Trump's just calling BS on that. And it is a, it, it, I mean, right. So if how, this ad- <laughs> there is no Trump ideology. It's whatever he thinks is convenient in the morning in the moment 
to get him votes or to have him score political points. And that's what's kind of fascinating to me is you're running as a pro-Trump Republican, but Trump's in a race. You, you cannot do that and you can't adopt his policies because there's no such thing as Trump policies. He, he didn't even accomplish anything as president. Mitch McConnell got his tax cuts through. But that was that was the only thing that only legislation of any note that passed during the Trump years. And and so you had the situation where where uh, there's a poll, I think it was Quinnipiac, Carrie, correct me if I'm wrong, that found that 30 percent, only 30 percent of Republicans said they were MAGA. But over 60 percent of Republicans, it might have been in the 70s, thought that Trump had been good for the Republican Party. Right. I don't, I don't I actually don't know who which pollster did that, but I did see it. Yeah. Objectively, that is false. There's no way you can look at the Republican Party today. They lost in 2018. They lost in 2020. They lost in 2022, which we've spent the last year talking about how if the Democrats were to avoid a wave loss, it would be because of abortion. It would be because of Donald Trump. And that's what happened. Democrats avoided a wave. They actually won the election. The only reason that Republicans took the House was because of gerrymandering, redistricting. So objectively, nobody can look at Donald Trump and say, yeah, he's been a positive for the Republican Party. It over, I think it was over 70% of Republicans. And only 30% say they're MAGA. So even the non-MAGA Republicans are like, yeah, Trump's, Trump's been good for the party. So he's running in the, in the primary. There's, there's just no avenue. So the only avenue I see, Kerry, is what Asa Hutchinson is doing, is to stake out a Trump isn't good for the Republican Party. And I'm going to tell you why. And yeah, odds are you're going to lose. But if Trump goes down, then you can pick up those pieces. Then you can be like, okay, I it, told you all. I'm noodling on this. Can I can I give it a shot? Yeah, go. Go for it. OK, so so Ron DeSantis was never going to be able to out Trump Trump with a background of having voted as a congressman on federal issues. Right. The problem is, is that he's tried to fit himself into Trump's mold, but he has this background that isn't Trumpian at all because it was traditionally Paul Ryan conservative. Right. Mm -hmm. So he, he right from the, so it's really easy for it. Just like what we were talking about with that social security and Medicare ad, it's really easy for, for Trump and his super PAC to be like, yes, yeah, guys totally, you know, he's a, he's bogus. He's not the real deal. And, mm -hmm. and that's exactly what happened. I do. I think there is a path for someone who plays it right. Um, as long as they don't have you cannot it's partly circumstantial and it's partly actually just being a good politician. You cannot have the baggage of having taken federal votes, national votes. OK, as a congressperson. So someone like Nikki Haley, you know, has her her conservative, mm -hmm. you know, record in South Carolina. Right. Mm -hmm. In what she's done. She didn't have to take any of those those votes. Um, I'm actually so. I think it's possible if you hold your fire, what I would have done instead of coming out and saying, you know, I, I would have done something that was somewhere in between where Haley was. And, uh, you know, I'm screw it. I'm going to announce my run for president of the United States right here. On the right Republican now. Party. <laughs> All right. Now, this platform I want to hear. I used to think Trump was an idiot, but now I think he's a genius. Back when I was a liberal, I thought he was an idiot. No, okay. So here's what I'm saying. I, I think that if you did something, if you split the baby between what Asa Hutchinson said and what um, and what Nikki Nikki Haley could have come out, just for example, 
and said something like, I'm, I, you know, I really regret that the part that the country is at where we're at with this, with this indictment. I really regret this is a terrible time in our in our uh, history for this. Right. And that's a statement that like everyone can agree with. The Republican base can agree with that. Democrats can agree with it. We didn't want to be here. And then and then you say something like, you know, I think like I, I you have to you have to throw some dis, you know, discredit Alvin Bragg somewhat and say, I'm really suspicious of, you know, something coming out of New York of a Manhattan D.A. But I do think I would be really curious to see what that indictment's going to bring. So like you kind of like and and here's and here's what you're waiting for. You're you're kind of waiting for him to end up Trump to end up getting four indictments, five indictments. You know, I mean, not just I, I'm not I'm saying about different cases, not just the Stormy Daniels case, but the interfering interfering in Georgia case, maybe the documents case down in Florida that's that's federal or the January 6th case that's federal. Right. You wait for him to stack up several of these and just say, I really think it's a shame. Right. Donald Trump was a good man. He's done good things for our country. Um, but I hate to get to this place. I just think we need someone to represent his ideas with less baggage, right? Or something like that. But you yep. wait, you wait until there's several. And yep. and then and then I think, you know, maybe there's an avenue there. But Nikki Haley co- came right out and said, well, this is political, pr- pr- you know, prosecute, um, prosecution. It's a, so she's like yeah, already and, unloaded. And nobody asked her. It's like nobody, there's not a single person out there that cares what Nikki Haley has to say. <laughs> like she's fighting for, for attention. Uh, because she's a non non factor right now, so yeah, no, there's no no harm in sitting and waiting. You know, there's more, you know, shoes are about to drop. You know it. I mean, uh, I don't know. This, might this be a good place to talk about you know uh, <laughs> Donald Trump going on Sean Hannity and literally admitting to a crime? Wait one second. Let's okay. just can we hit how this indictment has consolidated more than just the presidential field behind him. I just want to make note, right? For instance, the Yahoo Yahoo, um, and YouGov did a poll over the weekend, a post-indictment poll, and found that um, Trump had improved his standing against in a head-to-head with DeSantis, which we know isn't exactly like a perfect indication because there's going to be several people in this field, but they take more away from DeSantis than they do from Trump typically. So in a head-to-head, Trump had improved post-indictment by 10 points. And he was originally, let's see, do I have this written down here? <clears throat> he was originally 47%. Um, the, uh, let's see, he, he leads him now, he leads DeSantis 57% to 31%. And that's up last month from 47% for Trump, a 10-point improvement for him, and 39% for DeSantis. So DeSantis has, has shed, like, shed eight points or something like that. So, you know, I think these this is probably, you know, a little reactionary, but still, that I mean, poll DeSantis, indicates... Yeah, DeSantis was already plummeting just yes. even before this came. So, yes. so for all we know, 
it's a mixture of both people looking at the same. And we've talked about how DeSantis was not going to stand up to the scrutiny of a national campaign. I thought he'd last a little longer than uh, May or April, April of, of the you know the year before the election. But he's he's been wilting for sure. But yeah, I definitely see a rally around the flag effect. Right. And let me right. Right. And let me just say one other thing, because that's the um, uh, that, you know, that that's the data. Right. But then we also have this uh, this qualitative evidence from uh, several different focus groups that have come out uh, post indictment. And Sarah Longwell, who we've had on here, anti-Trumper, host of the focus group podcast, um, she did a post indictment focus group. And she said it was the first time she's done seven um focus groups this year with two-time Trump voters, right? So 2016 and 2020. And up until this, the post-indictment focus group, all of the two-time Trump voters, there had been, you know, sort of this yearning for, we have to have an electable candidate. Most people, with most of the people saying that, leaning towards Ron DeSantis. And um, she had noted like a few focus groups ago that that DeSantis was starting to lose some of his appeal as Trump was really attacking him. And then in this post-indictment focus group, she said it was the very first group where everybody said they wanted to vote. They wanted to vote for Trump. Um, They were, you know, ready to donate to him. They wanted to buy the T-shirts with his mugshot on it. They were mad and animated. And she said, I hadn't seen a group in which everybody wanted to vote for Donald Trump in 2024 until this group. And so you have with the polling and with the focus group, she's not the only person who conducted a focus group like this. Um, both the qualitative and the quantitative evidence that the base and the voters, along with all of Trump's 2024 rivals, save Asa Hutchinson, uh, you know, rallying around Trump. Okay. Now. Yeah, no, and I, I do want, by the way, I just want to, I, I, I was right. It was a Quinnipiac University poll earlier, and it's 72% of Republicans think that Trump has had a positive impact on their party. 21% think he has had a negative impact, which is just absolutely blows my mind. I wonder this rally around the flag effect. I wonder how much of that is going to stick around for me. I mean, they may be angry that he's being indicted, but are they really going to be like, yeah, he should not be indicted for paying off a porn star that he was had sex with while Melania was home with a brand new baby? Like, do they really want to sit there and defend that? Or, or do they do the Republican conservative thing where they just kind of create their own alternative reality? Uh, right. This is exactly so. This is why I think you, you know, forget about this indictment. There's more people much smarter than me, you know, on the legal, like in terms of uh, legal issues and and all of these uh, investigations. They fully anticipate more indictments coming down. And this is why, as one of Trump's rivals, I think you keep your powder dry a little bit on this and try to, like, walk line and wait until there's several indictments and then just say, God, it's one thing to like say Alvin Bragg is a terrible Manhattan liberal lefty prosecutor, but like there's this, you know, federal indictment and there's this Georgia indictment and it doesn't matter how many times we say it's the woke mob or whatever. This is a real drag on a candidate. And, you know, Sarah Longwell, I I saw a couple clips of her. And since this, she was talking about this focus group. And one thing she said was, you know, it's, there's a real question about there's this short term rally around the flag thing, rally Mm -hmm. around Trump thing, you know, Um, but 
Is it a long term? What's the long term effect? And that's why I think you just try to hang in there as a you know, Trump rival and let everybody have their moment where they're like, no, you know, they're not going to do this as Trump. Our, Trump is our guy. And they like hug him and all that stuff. And then you wait for it to dawn on people that there is no freaking way that, you know, anyone who isn't just a MAGA diehard, just, you know, pro Trump, whatever is going to any of these swing voters, any of these ticket mm-hmm. splitters are going to vote for Trump when he has like five different indictments against him from seven, from, you know, four different cases or whatever. He's going to have, sorry, you know, a lot of counts. And what's amazing about these indictments is that you don't even have to make the case. Donald Trump will admit to the crime even on friendly media. And I'm, we're pulling in Sean Hannity right now. Right. So put it very clearly. Listen up. This is Trump talking to Sean Hannity about the secret classified documents that he stole and he, and he hid from his attorneys even at Mar-a-Lago and you know, potentially elsewhere as well. And so he goes on Sean Hannity. Sean Hannity throws him the softest of softballs. Donald Trump says, no, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to implicate myself. And then Sean Hannity says, no, 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 no. You really wouldn't implicate yourself like this would you and and trump's like yes i will and hannity then says no okay let's let's move on and trump says no i'm gonna continue implicating myself so that is literally the outline of this clip and i think it's, <laughs> it's so, so enjoyable it's so beautiful it's so beautiful okay let's should we roll tape yeah, let's do it. I can't I can't imagine you ever saying, um, bring me some of the boxes that we brought back from the White House. I'd like to look at them. Did you ever do that? I would have the right to do that. There's nothing wrong with it. But I know you. I don't think you would do it. Well, I, I don't have a lot of time, but I would have the right to do that. Right. I would do that. There'd be All right, let me wrong. move on. Let me, Remember this. Yeah. This is the Presidential Records Act. I have the right to take stuff. Do you know that they ended up paying Richard Nixon, I think, $18 million for what he had? They did the Presidential Records Act. I have the right to take stuff. I have the right to look at stuff. I would do that. I would do that. I would do that. Was I kidding? Let's move on. No, I would do that. (laughs) Was I kidding? Was my outline not spot on? I mean, you know, literally like Sean Hannity is like holding his hand, you know, easing into that question. He's like, I know you. I don't think you would do that. You know what I mean? Like trying to walk him down the path and like Trump just can't do it. I mean, let's move on. Let's move on. (laughs) This is I mean, I just want to. So I want to say all these people right now who are like, they're not going to do this to our guy and whatever. You know, there's it's going to dawn on them. In a few months, maybe some of them. I mean, I'm not saying like the whole, you know, I'm never, I'm always talking about a sliver, right? I'm never talking about like the whole MAGA base, right? But there's some of them who, who were, who were DeSantis curious and wanted to kind of move on um, because they wanted someone who was electable, not because they didn't like Trump, mm-hmm. are going to start looking at clips like this over and over and over again and go, holy shit. We're going to be saddled with this again. Yeah, no, he he wants. <laughs> so to be clear, and, and this this is probably not clear to a lot of people, the N- Richard Nixon thing is correct. The Presidential Record Act that he references multiple times was passed to prevent that situation from ever happening again. It was he thinks it gave 
Nixon the right to profit. This is now the eighteen million dollars that that gives it away. That's what that's what Donald Trump wanted to do. He wanted to sell this stuff. He wanted to make money from this stuff. That's and he might why. have he might have sold stuff. Yeah, we don't yeah. know what we didn't get back. I mean, God only knows. Yep. So that you know that that act was to prevent a situation like that. I don't know where he got the idea that he gives them that he gives them that that uh, that right to those to those documents. And so it's um, and he just literally admitted that he did it and for profit because he wanted to do exactly what uh, what Nixon did. He cannot shut up. And he has a long track record of implicating himself because in his mind, he is correct. And he doesn't care about the law. He doesn't care about what's happening. He doesn't care who it implicates. Uh, and so he's going to keep blabbing. His lawyer is a dumbass who keeps going on the talk shows and he keeps saying things that they shouldn't be saying. So, yeah, not only are these cases working their way and they're strong cases because Trump is Trump and, and he did try to steal you know, the election in Georgia. He did steal documents against the law. He um, absolutely um, tried to pay off Stormy Daniels. Like all these things are real, real cases and they're working there and January 6th, the, the insurrection. These are all real cases, but it, it's not, it's almost like you don't have to depend on the prosecutors to make the case. Because just by bringing forward the charges, he's going to start blabbing about it to defend himself, giving away the game. He does this time and time again. And so, yeah, Carrie, I think you're right. It's going to get exhausting after months and months of the circus because it's going to be a circus. To, uh, on Monday when he was flying from Mar-a-Lago to New York, uh, they, they were tracking the plane. The it tracker. Was off. It was landing. It was, you were tracking it on on flight tracker sites, CNN had a speedboat apparently with a camera chasing the plane as it was approaching, I don't know, LaGuardia, wherever it landed. And so it's, it's also ridiculous. It's going to be a circus. I, I know that the media organizations, they're all hurting for, for uh, ratings. Lay, you know, everybody's suffering layoffs because media viewership is down. And right. this is like a return to the glory days of 2016. So right. it's, going to be a circus and it's going to be repeated time and time again with each of these charges and it's going to suck all the oxygen out of any real uh primary at least for the next you know half a year probably because you're not going to be able to talk about republican priorities in a in a republican primary it's all going to be about you know oh, trump is being being under assault from the woke da's and you know all that all that nonsense and um I don't know if the MAGA base will ever realize it, but yeah, I think you're totally right. The the more malleable Republicans, uh, certainly college-educated suburban white voters, w women have already voted with the Democrats three cycles in a row. You know, this might this might be the final nail in the coffin. Let's those do it. Men, Let's have it. Let's have it. Suburban college-educated <laughs> white men who who I've seen hints that they're starting to waver. Um, this, you know, again, like I don't this does not play in suburbia. They don't they don't need this nonsense. Right. They'd probably be happy with DeSantis. Give us DeSantis. All right. I care is about oh, yeah. Tax cuts. Oh, yeah. And, hey, listen, I looked at a poll and I can't remember which one it was last week, but where where they they in the in the cross tabs uh, between Trump and DeSantis, the college edu educated Republicans were were favoring DeSantis by double digits, whereas if you went to the um, non-college whites, mm -hmm. they were favoring uh, 
Trump by like 17, 20 points or something. So there's definitely a an educated crowd within the Republican voters that is very into, you know, DeSantis um, and they favor him by quite a bit. But Trump gets more is favored more by the non-college crowd. Yeah. So what happens when, you know, Trump runs away with it? <laughs> Or not even runs away with it, but it gets all the attention in the next few months. Do those do those DeSantis voters do they tune out? They, they, they look I, no, they look for an alternative. They really do. I mean, who's who is going to occupy that space? Is everyone gonna be everyone by then then gonna be like, DeSantis has already blown it. He's already a has been. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, they are they still don't wanna vote for Trump. They don't yeah. like him. You know, he thinks they think he's insulting. He, you know, may, maybe they like. They I mean, he's not he electable. Good. They could probably yeah, do the he, math. That's the main thing. That's the main thing. He's not electable. And and they don't want to vote for him. So they're going to look for someone else who they reasonably think can get through. And the question is, who's going to step in? I mean, there is, you know, Chris Christie is up up there in New Hampshire that last week making a case for himself that it's going to take a bully to beat a bully, right? You're going to need not, someone. Not bad. <laughs> he's an yeah, asshole. Right. But he's owning right. it. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, he didn't say that. I'm saying that, but that's the case he was making. <laughs> that's the case he was making. He was like, someone's got to kneecap this guy and no one in the current that. field has yeah. the guts to do it, right? Yeah. And so, you know, there's a question as to whether based on his performance in, in 2016, he's the guy because he had to drop out after New Hampshire. Um, You know, so the second second um, state. But, you know, if he's going to like he said, I made a strategic mistake. I went after Marco Rubio. And, you know, and I my guess is, is that his strategic mistake was he should have just gone straight after Trump. And that's what he would do this time. Well, if you get someone like it, I can like I could see I always think I could see a scenario where everybody rallies behind Trump and he just is going to be the nominee. There's also a scenario where, you know, someone like Christie gets in and starts hitting the shit out of him and then and, you know, maybe lands some blows. And then and then like he's got a bunch of indictments stacked up against him. And Asa Hutchinson is like appealing to the better angels where they're they are of the Republican Party. You know what I mean? And like and like then maybe there's room for someone to step in. You know, maybe there's room for. Uh, a late, you know, a later entrant in maybe the fall or something like that, who's been doing the prep work, but just hasn't announced. I mean, you know, it's just like it's you could see I can see it either way. Here's another thing I just want to add to this conversation before we get out of it, which is there is another entity that's really enjoying this as much as we are. It's the White House. Okay, <laughs> they, the Biden White House is like. I bet they oh, enjoy it even more. <laughs> okay, let's have Joe Biden go to you know Minnesota and talk about jobs, and you know, and, which is what he's doing. And you're going to have this. They, they totally are planning the split screen of. You know, Trump doing like the perp walk or whatever, like, you know, and Biden being, you know, all these front page stories about Biden being in Minnesota talking about his like, you know, the jobs that he's brought and, you know, his his infrastructure and chips, you know, legislation and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so like they it's so easy against the backdrop of Trump for Biden to look just truly presidential, just like, you know, hey, if you know, you know, 
I'm just out here doing my jobs, creating jobs, you know, like, so, so that's another thing that's, you know, Trump could suck all of the air out of the entire room nationally when he was president. He is going to suck all of the air out of the Republican primary, mm-hmm. but he's going to have, but Joe Biden still has the bully pulpit of a national presence in the white house. And there's a lot you can do with that. So he may not necessarily like the news he's making may not necessarily Trump the headline, you know, Trump Trump's headlines nationally, but it's still going to get coverage. And a lot of it's still going to get front page coverage and wherever he goes locally, that's going to lead, right? That's going to be a lead story wherever he goes locally. So they send him to all the battleground States with all the good news he's bringing. Mm. I mean, hopefully, and he's just looking or even not good news, him like being presidential And then, you know, you've got the Trump show on the other side of the screen. And that's good for Joe Biden, no matter what. It's just good. It's not even it's a circus at this point. It's not even it's not even a fun show. It's it's just a cluster. So I have one more. We're almost out of time. I have one more sort of idea to sort of kick to, you know, just like, you know, um, bounce off you and see what you think. There is. I'm tired of talking about this. I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) There is. Bring it. Bring it. Bring it. is a belief amongst right wing circles that this means that Trump is going to win the White House because he's revved up the conservative base. He's gotten it. They're so angry that they're going to walk across broken glass and, you know, with flaming oil to to vote for Trump. Um, I think it totally underestimates just how excited we are <laughs> on our side about this. This is like a hallelujah moment. This is this is. But heavens have parted. Angels are coming down. You know, trumpets blaring. I don't see a single liberal, progressive, Democrat kind of going like, all right, you know, Alvin Bragg did his job. I'm, I'm good. I'm not going to. Like, I see people revved up. And so far this year, Democrats have been outperforming in special elections, have been outperforming Joe Biden's 2020 numbers by about nine points. This is kind of like what happened last year. People are not um, are, are not. Um, slacking off we're gonna know more when you we can't we don't know now when you listen to this podcast you'll likely know if democrats won the supreme court race in wisconsin that's gonna be a big bellwether to see how engaged democratic voters are in a it's an important race but it's a it's an odd time it's designed to lower voter participation that's why it's in you know at the beginning of april um as opposed to like when regular elections are in november so uh, but we'll know we'll know more there. I my theory is that yeah, this is going to rev up conservatives, and we're seeing them rallying around Trump. I think they're already revved up. I think conservatives already vote at almost maximum levels, and our challenge has always been to make sure Democrats turn out and vote. We won last year because Democrats turned out, not because Republicans slacked off, but because we did not slack off. And so, to me, these this news is energizing. It's exciting. It's good news. We're happy about this. I think this is going to improve Democratic performance. Curious what you think. Right. Well, I, absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. Listen, there's there's no one who has sort of animated or um, energized the Democratic base the way Donald Trump has. This is he is the the threat that he poses. His style of crazy um, is exactly what uh, started to this migration of suburban voters from 
the Republican Party to the Democratic Party. And, you know, he has upended the political landscape in so many ways. Um, but that, it, it, you know, and he's and he and Trump has also pulled, you know, unfortunately for Democrats, a bunch of working class, um, you know, pretty uh, dependable Democratic voters over to the Republican side. But there is, you know, it, once you pair, I mean, number one, college educated voters are extremely high propensity voters, very high propensity, especially in a midterm. Um, but also, you know, the, uh, there's a there's a bump, of course, in a presidential cycle. But, you know, the what Trump has done is and he's also he's he's very importantly for Democrats help move Republic, uh suburban sort of conservative uh, leaning Republicans or conservative leading voters uh, in the suburbs away from Republicans and to Democrats. And at the same time, and I think people kind of forget about this, but this is going to be huge. It's already been huge. All the young people who have voted uh, either once or twice now for Democrats because the Republican Party is such a, you know, batshit crazy. I've done a lot of swearing. I'm sorry. You know, I call it's the Trump indictment syndrome um batshit crazy like the, the republican party is right they have voted and they, they know like they have voted uh if if not once twice um already for these under 30 voters for democrats yeah. in large large numbers like i can't you know somewhere in the 60 percentile or something or even two-thirds um so it's a huge generation of kids, the, the Gen Z generation, and they want nothing to do for the most part with the Republican Party. And especially after um, the abortion ruling and the Republican Party, um, you know, just dismantling abortion and reproductive freedom, reproductive rights in this country, they are just completely alienating. And tr Trump is tr Trump's the one who picked the judges. He put, you know, he and McConnell, as much as they despise each other, teamed up to, to pack the yep. court full of these conservative judges who couldn't give a damn about legal precedent and took, I think, much the surprise of McConnell and many people with the first chance they had. They just struck down, yeah. you know, uh, Roe v. Wade. So so. This is I think if, you know, there was a coalition that has come out three times to vote against Donald Trump specifically and his type of politics. And guess what? Donald Trump running again and actually being on the ballot if he if he ends up being the GOP nominee is just going to reignite that entire coalition. And, yeah. you know, Donald Trump, I will admittedly, he scares me more than anyone because of what he will do if he gets in office, right? Mm -hmm. He doesn't have, you know, again, swearing, but he has no fucks to give anymore mm -hmm. about what you're supposed to do as a president and precedent and all that stuff. He probably spends every night thinking, when I was in the White House, I can't believe I wasted even a minute 
listening to John Kelly or any other chief of staff or any other person who doubted what he wanted to do, if he gets in again, he will immediately fire everyone who he doesn't like. He's not going to he's not going to have a chief of staff trying to rein him in or anything like that. He's going to have total Trump apologists surrounding him and they are going to absolutely destroy the federal government and dismantle our elections as we currently yeah, know that he won't be running for re-election either so he'll no it'll exactly be, it'll be mass yeah exactly he'll be destroying everything brick by brick he'll burn the place down yeah Woo. all right well that's a down <laughs> note but i was a lot i was a lot more excited when we started talking about the indictment <laughs> oh what happened no, well, the good news is, is that the, the indictments, I think, overall make it a lot less likely that he gets there, whether it's Absolutely. because the Republican yeah. Party stops him or, or because the anti-Trump coalition stops him one way or the other. That is our show for today. We may be back to Ukraine coverage next week. We'll see. Or we may be talking more about indictments because who knows? There's a bunch of indictments teed up and stuff will be coming out so yeah uh, we'll be we'll be on top of that but we also recognize how popular our ukraine coverage is so we don't want to lose you know lose that uh so we'll get back to that as soon as the sort of this crazy news cycle lets us get back to that so thank you so much thanks gary for being my co-host thanks to walter for uh being our producer thanks to paul helping behind the scenes and thanks you the viewer the listener the reader for doing everything you do for our democracy this is a time to celebrate let's enjoy it because trump is not happy and we can we can take joy in uh in his pain and confusion and fury at anybody daring to hold them accountable. So it's going to be a fun time, at least for the next few months. So thank you so much for joining us. Let's let's uh, celebrate now and get ready for the big fight down the road. So love you all. Appreciate you all. Catch you all next week. <laughs>